What is good, my Jews? It is Wednesday. It is episode 11 of The Locker Room, presented by Dude Robe and Louisville Autoplex. I'm your host, Johnny Lazarus. I just officially graduated from college, so I have no more school for the rest of my life, and I'm really excited about that. I also do want to say rest in peace to Jerry Stiller, and I want, with that note, I want to send it over to my co-host, Cappy. And Cappy, what was your favorite Jerry Stiller moment? What's up, Laz? Uh, what's up, Locker Room Nation? Yeah, obviously crazy Jerry Stiller passed away. Um, I was a huge King of Queens fan, so just watching him as a crucial part in that whole entire series was just um, great. I guess one scene, there's so many, but I guess one scene that stood out to me was when um, Kevin James and him, Kevin James obviously trying to go on a diet like every single episode. <laughs> But this one, he convinces Jerry Stiller to, like, basically order. Like, he like say, oh, Jerry, how good is fried chicken sound tonight? And then Jerry's like, you know what? I'm feeling fried chicken tonight. And then, like, the next day, he's like, ah, Jerry, how about a bacon cheeseburger down at Fifth Ave? He's like, he's like, oh, yeah, bacon cheeseburgers tonight. But, no, I mean, there's just so many good scenes. But let me send over to our producer, Maxie, and get his thoughts on that. I know he was a big Jerry Stiller fan as well. Yeah, what's up, guys? So, yeah, I'm a big Jerry Stiller fan. He was hilarious as Frank Costanza in Seinfeld and basically played the same exact role in King of Queens. One of my favorite scenes in Seinfeld is when he's is when George Steinbrenner thinks that George is dead and he goes to the parents' house of Frank and the mom and he's, like, saying he's, like, he's dead and his first reaction is, why the hell did you trade uh, this Yankee player? He had 30 home runs and had over 100 RBIs, and it's one of the funnier scenes in the show. Laz, do you have any memorable moments? Yeah, I'm not going to be a phony. I'll be honest. I don't really watch Seinfeld or Kings Kings of Queens or Kings and Queens. What's, what's it called? Kings, Kings of Queens. Of Queens. <laughs> King of Queens. I've heard of it, but I don't watch it. But, I mean, I know Jerry Seller mostly from uh, Zoolander. That was my favorite movie growing up, honestly. I, I loved the combination of Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson, they've done some great movies together, but Jerry Stiller in that movie played Maury Ballstein, and, and he, was, he was so fucking funny. I mean, I can't think of one particular, like, quote from him, but, you know, I, when I think Jerry Stiller, I think Maury Ballstein. But I do want to mention that our guest today is Lindsay Metzler, and she is a dating expert in New York City, and I do want to talk to you guys about, well, especially for Cappy and I, how we met our girlfriends, and then I do want to ask Maxie a little bit about being on his the current situation, app. his current situation. Uh, yeah, his current situation. He's, he's on hinge. He's active. So yeah, Cappy, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you met Court? And I know you guys uh, were dating eight years. So that's yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like we've been dating for about uh, almost a decade now. But uh, I mentioned this on the last podcast. You'll hear me talk about it briefly with Lindsay. Yeah, so I basically known Court my whole entire life. Um, known her since elementary school. We had a really close group of friends growing up. And obviously, I was extremely focused on hockey, not really into girls, but I was hanging around girls all the time. I had extremely close friends. Court might have been a little obsessed with me when I was younger. The rumor has it. But I really wasn't about that life. And then later, around like age like 14, she ended up breaking up with, I guess, her like first boyfriend. And then honestly, I hopped right on it and uh, <laughs> hopped right on it, not literally. But <laughs> eight years, yeah, eight years later, and we're still together. But um, she's amazing. She understands the whole hockey route. And she's doing great with Lululemon right now. And she's got a psychology degree. So everything's great with our relationship. We're honestly not in any rush to get engaged or anything like, anything, anything like that because I'm not financially stable yet. And she's my sugar mama. So uh, that's our <laughs> that's our story so far. But uh, let's hear about you, Laz, and your kind of new relationship, but not so new. Pretty uh, pretty lengthy for you. Well, I actually I didn't know that you were Court's rebound because that's kind of funny because I'm somewhat of like Ellie's rebound in a sense. Well, well, before you tell your story, I was Court's rebound, but she was also mine. Kind of. Okay. I was like okay. talking to I was talking to this other girl like a little bit, and 
like right when court, like like two weeks after court, ended her relationship with whatever whoever she was dating. I was like, yeah, fuck that. Like, I'll hop. Yeah, on. with with whoever she was dating, like you don't know the guy's name. I you actually don't. Know his name. Bullshit, bullshit. Hand to God, like hand to <laughs> God. I have no bro. Eight years, like that was like fourteen years old. Third time, I don't fucking remember. I I still remember the guy that my sixth grade girlfriend hooked up with at sleepaway camp when like she cheated on me. That's because everyone knows you're sticks, sticks with me. <laughs> no, so I, I actually I met Ellie in line at Southampton Social, which is like a bar in the Hamptons, but we like knew of each other through mutual friends. It's actually funny though. I DM'd Ellie like six months before that, like when she had a boyfriend. I literally just wrote, "I heard you think I'm hot," which I never heard. That was a complete lie. I just wanted to like slide her DMs. And she actually replied like two weeks after that saying, you heard wrong. Ha ha ha. So like, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. funny. So like I, I saw her in line that following summer and I was with my friend Holden and we like went in a cab with her and her like six friends. She went to a different club with her friends and me and my friend Holden went back to the original club that we were at. And then like the following Monday, she posted an Instagram and like me just being a fucking idiot that I am. I just commented on it like, miss you. And then she actually DM me like, Hey, Kitty, did you ever get into AM? After she DM'd me, I was like, I'm clearly in. I'm, I'm going to send a message like, why, why are we DMing? What's your number? Let's hang out. So so then I actually got her number, and I ended up driving out. She's from Quag. So I ended up driving an hour to the Hamptons, like, that Sunday to hang out with her and sip wine on the beach. And we actually, like, didn't vibe at all. Like, yeah. I thought she was I thought she was so annoying, and she was, like, she thought I was just, like, a weirdo. Like, it was it was a very bad, like, first interaction. That's unreal. But then I guess we just hung out again, and, and, and it took us, like, I mean, we were, on, we were like, on and off, kind of, like, just hooking up for, like, six months. And then after she got home from abroad, I asked her to be my girlfriend, and now we're 11 months strong. I will say before, that, that's a great story. I didn't know I didn't know how you and Ellie met, so that, that's actually very interesting to me. But I love you guys. You guys are so funny together. But it's crazy <laughs> how she thought you were such a weirdo, A, because you are. And uh-huh. B, yeah, I, I wear it. And B, because it, I think it takes a certain person or a certain girl to be in a relationship with you. And I, you could definitely agree with me on that. Just because, like, you're it's, such a un, human being in regards to relationships, it's got to mm-hmm. be something special. So kudos to Ellie. I hope you guys are strong for a long time so we can go on some double dates. Well, I was going to say that, too. Like, the biggest advice my dad ever gave me, and he's sitting behind me, he'll probably attest to this. He told me, like, since I was 13, like, don't get a girlfriend. Do not yeah. get a girlfriend. Like, you have your whole life to be stuck with somebody. Don't get a girlfriend. Like, enjoy these years. So no girl like, ever even took me seriously. Like, that's why this is, like, my first real girlfriend. So yeah. like you said, kudos to Ellie. It takes a lot of balls, I think, to date me, and no one's had the balls to do it until her. So I like and, to thank her for that. And I will say you did follow your dad's rules. I did. You pretty much didn't have a serious girlfriend really until Ellie. I mean, you enjoyed your college mm-hmm. experience to the best, of the, you know, to the most you could. And then kind of perfect situation college winding down you got to find uh find a little girlfriend to, to get mm-hmm. into a relationship with so who knows yeah. to you so max you want you tell us about your situation how's your hinge profile looking hinge profile uh, i might have to update it after after this with Lindsay, but uh <laughs> i think i think it's overall uh it's pretty strong the one thing with hinge right now is you're talking to a girl and you're setting up a time to like hang out five months Right. Who knows when it's going to be down the road. So it's a little different. You have to adapt to the game. And uh, I will say this. One thing with Hinge that uh, I find a little bit annoying is they like to put a cap on your love. What do you mean? Like, you can't like, like Yeah, you get like 10, 10 likes a day. So mm-hmm. what they'll do is they'll they'll do something along the lines of this girl who's like unbelievable when 
you're out of like. Yeah, we're out of like. Way of like. Hey, would you like to buy a Hinge subscription and pay yeah. $10 a month for it? It's like, mm-hmm. whereas I'd love to meet this girl who's really going to pay $10 to potentially have a conversation with someone and meet with them. But that actually might be a good startup line to say something yeah. along the lines of, hey, I just spent $10 doing this. <laughs> To talk to you. Yeah. Actually, I want to ask you, since we are a Jewish podcast, have you ever uh, fondled around with a little J-Date action or what? I had downloaded it. I never, I never actually used it, though. Yeah, I wanted to ask Lindsay about that, if she had any, like, people who tried J-Date, J-Date or, like, have like been like any stories with that because, uh, I mean, I feel like it'd be pretty funny. I think that's, like, an older scene, though. I think it's – honestly, I think I think it's both. I think it's both. Really? I mean, I guess we're kind of old now. We're 20 I, – I, I mean, I guess. Like, we're in, like, that dating, close to getting married range. Yes. But, That's um, fucking weird. Oh, it's, it's 100% weird. I mean, you're telling me, buddy. I've been dating the same girl for eight years. I, yeah, you're I fucked. Her, I, love her, I, love her, I love her to death, but everybody I talk to, even Lindsay's like, you're not engaged yet? What's going on? And I'm like, oh, fuck out. You got another yeah. story. But uh, <laughs> Before we get into Lindsay, I do want to talk to you guys about the most recent two episodes of uh, The Last Dance real quick. I guess just give your – Quick little thought on something that stood out in the most recent two episodes. I'll start with you, Maxie. What do you think? To quickly, I guess, sum it up, I thought the beginning was very emotional, and I thought the ending was very emotional. One takeaway is, Laz, you mentioned this on the last episode when we talked about it. The whole pro, the, like the the whole skipping around with the timeline, it's kind of yeah. annoying. Like, it's, yeah, it's so it, annoying. It's so annoying. They have, they, I mean, the content they have on him is unbelievable. It wouldn't matter how you told the story. It's going to be very entertaining. You're going to watch. But yeah. I still think there's a better way of portraying and telling it. They just jump around a lot. Like, you look, you're like, hold on. We're in, it's 1998. I thought but it was 93 and he's playing baseball. It's yeah. like, mm-hmm. I agree. like, there's a better way of telling it. I also, I also thought the Space Jam part of it was so cool, how they had people mm-hmm. come. And he, like, he played full court pickup with NBA players after recording Space Jam. They made him his own fucking facility, dude. That was yeah, insane. that's so cool. Like, oh, you so do your cool. facility? Sure. Bang. Two weeks later, <laughs> full workout system, full court, and then he's just getting all these top-notch NBA guys. It was crazy. What did you think of the episode last? Anything stand out? Yeah, I mean, I- I've been seeing on Twitter the last couple of days, I- it was one specific article. I- I'm not sure who wrote it or where it was posted, but it said, like, how the world needs less sports, how, like, all this has been good for the world, which – in a sense, it has been good because you do recognize who the true heroes are, which is the nurses, the doctors, and all and all that. But athletes can be heroes too. And and you saw in the end of the documentary, dude, like seeing Michael Jordan break down and cry with that basketball on Father's Day after winning the championship without his dad there, like those are the moments. And like with Mother's Day being this past Sunday with Marty St. Louis goal, sports can just like uplift not even just one person in a, who's going through a tragic time, but an entire city. I mean. Like, everyone in Chicago was backing Michael Jordan during that time. Everyone wanted to see him win because everyone knew what he was going through in his personal life with his dad. And the same thing with New York when Marty St. Louis was going through that. Like, so for me, just seeing, the like, how he's so much more than just a basketball player and those emotions come out was, like, I mean, that was, in my mind, the best two episodes of the series so far. And and I know we've been saying that with each week because they just keep doing better and better. But what do you think, Cap? Yeah, I'll be brief. Um, at the two things that stood out to me, one was the whole thing about his dad uh, getting murdered and everything like that. Growing up, I mean, we didn't grow up in the Jordan era. I had no idea about that whole about his whole dad situation. Neither, um, not a single clue. So the way he got murdered and everything like that was a huge shock to me. And then him coming back and changing numbers uh, because of that situation. Oh no, no, he he changed numbers because no, no, yeah, he did. He changed. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Because it was just, yeah, it was his first game that he played uh, where his dad wasn't there, which is insane and then he obviously switched right back and that's cool too yeah very cool and then the other thing that stood out to me 
I'm a huge Steve Kerr fan. Um, the whole fight with uh, MJ and Steve Kerr and Steve mm-hmm. Kerr sticking up to him in practice and then them building this great relationship over the uh, the following season was, was something spectacular. And it's crazy because the Bulls, sorry, the Bulls had one of the most, was one of the most winning, winning a season in NBA yeah. history with Steve Kerr on it. And then mm-hmm. Steve Kerr coached the Golden State Warriors and then they break that record, did they not? Yeah, they did. The most wins of the season, which, uh, I mean, it just speaks to how good of a coach Steve Kerr is. What was that quote? Don't mean a thing without the ring? Yeah. That was good shit. I will say this, Johnny. So you mentioned, like, with sports being, like, uplifting. Like, sports in general is very symbolic in the sense that whenever there's something going on, sports tends to bring you out of it. Yeah, I agree. There's always, like, when you look back on, like, a terrible event, like with the Boston Marathon, one thing that I remember for it is um, the speech. Mm -hmm. With 9-11, when Piazza Piazza. gets up in the eighth and he hits a home run, that's what we think about. Martin St. Mm -hmm. Louis on Mother's Day, Jordan on Father's Day. It's just something that, like, we – it's something that we can take our minds off of and relate to, and, and I thought they depicted that very well. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, before we kick it over to Lindsay, I just want to give a quick shout-out to our boys, Garrett Metcalf and Sean Giles, who decided to start their own podcast called Adversity University. It's a really cool idea. Two absolute clowns. Sean, I don't know how much of a podcast voice he is, but uh, they're doing a great job over there, um, and we're really proud of them. So go give them a look if you guys want to. Yep, I think on that note, we should send over to the interview with Lindsay. Hope you guys enjoy it. This interview is brought to you by Dude Robe. Just imagine if a hoodie and a robe had a kid. That's Dude Robe. It's sweatshirt on the outside with absorbent, comfy material on the inside. Dude Robe is the first bathrobe designed specifically for guys and the only bathrobe to ever appear on Shark Tank. I love wearing my Dude Robe around the rink after a hard day at practice, and it's the first thing I put on every Sunday morning to lay on the couch and watch sports all day. Tons of pro athletes and NBA superstars like Giannis, Zion, Kyrie Irving, and Trey Young are all rocking their Dude Robes in the locker room. We love our Dude Robes, and because we know you will too, we've got an exclusive 20% off discount code for all of our listeners. Just go to www.dudrobe.com and type in LAKE, L-A-T-K-E, at checkout to get your dude robe at 20% off. This girl was born and raised in New York City and was bat mitzvahed at Bryant Park Grill. She graduated from her undergrad at Boston University, where she studied communications, but specifically film and television. She is the founder of Lindsay's Lunchbox, which is a social media management company, and she is also a major foodie Instagram influencer. Shout out to Don't Expect Salads. In the fall of 2017, she decided to come up with her own podcast called We Met at Acme, produced by Dear Media, which focuses on the ins and outs of millennial dating, specifically in New York City. Her podcast is very popular, and if you haven't seen them, you may want to check out her Instagram polls. I know they've caused some good debates in my relationship, but other than that, we are very excited that she is joining us. Welcome to the Locker Room Podcast, Lindsay Metzler. Thank you for having me. This is so cool. I can't believe I just told everyone where I got Bob Mitzvah. That's not usually how I get introduced, <laughs> but I love it. <laughs> well, actually, maybe they'll, they'll sponsor the podcast now, Brian Park Grill. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that would be cool. So is that a restaurant you got bar mitzvah that? Is that what it is? It was a restaurant. When you, I feel like, where did you guys grow up? I'm from, I'm from Long Island. Long Island as well. Okay, yeah. So when you grow up in the city, like, there's 
it's like why, restaurants are very much on the table for bar and bar mitzvahs, you know, because they're yeah. like they're big and they're everywhere and they're probably more reasonably priced than the big like Cipriani and, and all those places. So, Lindsay, I just drove home from Florida with my girlfriend on a 15-hour car ride. We spent about 10 of those hours listening to your podcast, and I want to ask you firsthand, how's your quarantine experience with your new boyfriend been? It's been really good. I, I think we've only had, like, one fight, which is great. We're actually quarantined with my parents now, but we were – it was just the two of us in my in my New York City, like, small apartment for a while, and we did well. I think – it's like almost like if you can survive this quarantine period in each other's space 24-7, like you're in good shape. So we've been doing surprisingly well. I don't know how I would be if I were quarantined with some of my exes. I can't imagine we'd be that long. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's it's been good. How has it been for you? Uh, well, for me, I mean, I, I don't know if, if you heard the story, but uh, I spent 50 <laughs> days quarantining with my girlfriend and her seven friends, which I was – which was at times a nightmare, but I mean, all in all, it was a great experience for me. I, I actually, you know, I love them all and they all feel like little sisters to me now, honestly. Yeah, I feel like that would be really nice if I, if I were quarantined with my boyfriend and seven of his friends, like I would love it. I feel like I would like mom all of them and like they would mm-hmm. like need me and I would, you know, do all these things for them and they'd appreciate like having a woman's energy around, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, I was just the gar- I was just the garbage man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about your parents, but if I was quarantining with my like new girlfriend and they were experiencing my parents for the first time and they got through that, I'd be like, okay, you're a keeper now. Like you're good. You got through my family. Oh, for sure. I mean, my parents are absolutely insane. Like, oh my God, there was like an episode yesterday where they were just being so crazy. And like, not only like, are they insane without quarantine, but like with quarantine, everyone's so stressed. Like everyone's losing money. Everyone's like, you know, it's a, it's a, sensitive time and you know my, my parents are nuts I, we were watching um we were watching not top chef what's the chef's table on netflix oh great great show we were watching it yesterday the dan barber episode and my boyfriend had watched it before and so he paused it to tell my mom a little bit about the episode and she was like i know put it back on <laughs> like what do you do i don't care press play and like, just like, you know, it's little things like very in your face and, and he's, he's dealt with it really well. It's so funny you say that. Cause like my, my parents, I love them to death, but they're like your typical Jewish parents. Right. So like I've been, dating my, I've been dating my girlfriend for almost eight years. So she's used to them, but like, just like your typical recording on, on the TV stuff, like somebody has a Chicago PD recorded last night and nobody in my family watches it. And my dad is just losing his shit. And I can't even imagine if I had like a new boyfriend or new girlfriend in the house, they'd be oh like, this guy's a, this guy's fucking nuts, but I love him the best. So I mean, I you can date him for eight parents. years. Yeah. I've known her. Oh, we'll get, uh, oof, yeah. I mean, I love her, <laughs> but it's a long story. Wait. And how old are you guys? I'm 24. We're all 24 pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you wouldn't get engaged at 24. No. So the main thing is like, she, she knows, uh, she works as a manager at Lululemon. But like I'm not financially stable. I'm still trying to sign with a pro hockey team. So like, but yeah, she she knows we're getting engaged. Like we're definitely getting engaged. But I've known her my whole life since I was like 13 years old, 12 years old. Are you wearing Lululemon right now? I'm wearing Lululemon shorts and Lululemon boxers. Ah, there you go. <laughs> oh, it's, it's a, a, it's a whole wardrobe. It's a whole wardrobe. That's amazing. I love it. And Max, you're single. I'm single. Yeah. So we have a single guy, a guy who's been in a relationship for eight years. And then, Johnny, how long have you been with your girlfriend? 11 months. 
Oh, so it's kind of still new, kind of. Kind of new, kind of new. But we actually, we're taking like, I wouldn't say a week hiatus, but we just spent, like I said, 50 days together. So we're kind of not really talking every day right now, but I'm going to see her on Monday. We're, we're trying to keep it fun and keep it, uh, you know, miss each other a little bit. <laughs> Lindsay, I wish you, I wish you knew Johnny, like, like kind of like we do, like his relationship with his girlfriend, like, it's just like unlike anything else you've seen. Why? It's, it's they're just ridiculous. so they're just so unique. <laughs> they're just uh, I can't. Even, it's so hard to explain. Laz, can you give a little? Do you? Want, I mean, okay. I mean, this is a hot seat for me, but uh, okay. So we spent 50 days together. I don't think we sat on the couch next to each other once in the entire 50 days when we were like watching movies and stuff. Like we don't. We're not like touchy and all that stuff. I mean, like we are. I, I would describe us as best friends. But we're not like, you know, like I'm not saying I love you so much, baby. Like it's like to her all the time. It's it's kind of like we're kind of I, I describe us as like boys. We're just boys, honestly. Like, that's literally perfect. Yeah, yeah, perfect description. We have to get into that. But wait, first, can I ask Johnny what? Have you always had these teeth not there? Um. So I got my front teeth knocked out playing hockey about what was it, cat four or five years ago? It had to be five years ago. Yeah, five years ago. I mean, I have a, a flipper, but. I mean, I hate. It. It's like wearing a retainer. It's like wearing a retainer. I hate wearing it. And honestly, pe- like people that know me now tell me I look worse with teeth, which is like in some ways a compliment, but I I think it's kind of an insult in a sense. I kind of <laughs> want to see the two options, but I'll um, I'll grab them. I'll grab them real quick. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious. In the meantime, guys, what are when are your birthdays? Because I'm kind of into astrology on my podcast. So. Oh, we will get into that later, hundred percent. We okay. will definitely get into. Okay, fine. Yeah. Yeah, we will. We will. I know we have a we have a couple of questions lined up for that. But while Johnny's getting his teeth, I want to ask you another yeah. question with your boyfriend. So how long have you guys been together? And then does he enjoy making TikToks as much as uh, you do? We've been together for almost four months. And no, he does not. <laughs> and sometimes when when he gets into it, like he really gets into it. But it's always me that's like, can we make a TikTok? Can we make a TikTok? Like, please. And then he's like, fine. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Here, here's the teeth for you. Oh, they look I'm great. A, I'm a pretty good looking guy, I would think, no? Yeah, I I don't I don't agree. I think you look better with teeth. Thank you. Thank you. Tell my friends that. Even my girlfriend thinks I look weird, but I think you look so fucking weird right now, like cuz I'm so not used <laughs> I hate to seeing with teeth. I hate it so much. Watch this, so Lindsay. Oh my god, you're I'm a, a man. I'm a huge hit at uh kids birthday parties and at the bar sometimes. That's hilarious. <laughs> I would say, well, what kind of advice would you have for other couples that are quarantined together right now? Yeah, I mean, it really depends, like, what stage in your relationship you're in, kind of. But I think generally, just, like, make sure that you still are living your own lives and not everything is, like, blurred together because then you might feel suffocated. And it's also so important to communicate everything that you're feeling, like, I had an interaction with my boyfriend last night that I didn't like. Just It just rubbed me the wrong way. And it was like nothing. But like, you know, when you're Jewish, especially like it's like you, you need to talk about everything as it happens. And mm-hmm. so I was like, I didn't like that interaction, by the way. Like it really pissed me off when you said that about the, the eggplant parm. And he was like, <laughs> he's like I, I totally didn't mean it that way and blah, blah, blah. But it's just like because we communicated that, we've been so much like, you know, happier since we've had that conversation. But I think it's like if you don't communicate these little things and you start sweeping things under the rug, especially when you're spending so much time together, then you're going to build a case for them and, like, hate them by the end of it. I Yeah, I've experienced that firsthand myself, obviously. Well, and, like, another thing that I noticed in my quarantine experience when a group of girls is watching a movie – 
they have to like pause it to talk about what's on their mind. They can't just like hold it in until the end of the movie to talk about it. We we <laughs> we, we were watching a bad education about the Roslyn yeah, superintendent, and I think we I think we paused it seven times so they could like talk about what was going on. I love that. I would love to watch with them. That's so much. <laughs> That's not a guy thing at all, though. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. How has your quarantine matchmaking been going? Like, mm-hmm. how do you uh, how do you decide which people are right for each other? Well, first of all, can I add you to the list? Fine. Yeah, let's do oh, it. Here we go. I love that. I love that. Um, it's been going really well. I don't have that much to that I know about people in order to matchmake them because I don't have the time to sit and listen to, like, people's hobbies and things like that. So all I really have is, like, where someone's from, how old they are, what they're interested in. Usually I can figure out their, like, religion based on their name, And they tell me their zodiac sign, which I'm going to get into with you guys in a bit. But so it's really just from that and and kind of like looking at pictures of them and getting like a vibe of what they might be into. But it's really a trial and error. Like if they're not interested in the first person, I'll set them up with the second person. And then I know more of what they're interested in. It's been going well, though. There's a few success stories. So Maxie, what are you Maxie? What are you interested in? A nice five, ten Jewish girl who loves pastrami on rye. (laughs) um <laughs> uh, i guess right now this is your chance max this is your I'm, shot I'm, right I'm here. open i'm open to anything right now okay why do you say five ten justin oh i have no idea i was just i was just i was oh you had me <laughs> on the rant there i was just on the taller side <laughs> yeah max loves tall chicks <laughs> okay well good. i'm a jewish six feet so i don't know if five ten would be so good because it would be like <laughs> it's a jewish six feet like five eleven five ten five ten and a half Close yeah. to six feet, not That's there yet, funny. but you round up. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm use that. I love that. <laughs> so, Lindsay, how do, how do you feel about reaching out to exes during the quarantine? It's a good question. I feel like I – so I was in a relationship for two years. We just got out of it, like, a, maybe like a month or two before I started dating my now boyfriend. Um, and when he found out that I was in this new relationship, he reached out to me, and he was like, listen, like – this is kind of, are you kidding? You know? And, and I was like, yeah, well, like I understand, you know, if you're upset. And so that was like the extent of our exchange. And I, and I don't plan on reaching out to him again, especially because like, if he's upset that like, I'm so public about a new relationship, I don't want to like keep being like, remember me, remember how I'm in this new relationship. Mm -hmm. But funny enough, like exes from high school and college have reached out to me. Just to be like, hey, what's going on? Like, do you want to blaze? Like, do you want to hang? Do you want to go on a walk? And I'm like, no. But clearly everyone's, like, going through, you know, the trash and, and like, trying to recycle right now. Everyone just seems so lonely. I mean, like, I, I, I mean, I obviously understand now that I'm home a little bit, but, I mean, I don't know what I'd be doing if I was single right now. I imagine I'd be going into the archives of my Instagram DMs and, reaching out to some people definitely there was a an snl skit i think it was from this past weekend's episode it's called how low will you go and it's mm-hmm. like all these women and they get to choose from like a pool of really horrible guys but it's during quarantine and so the guys <laughs> like, yeah i don't have a job like i you know i smell like shit i watch family <laughs> guy every day 24 7 and the girl's like yep i'll take him i'll take him so <laughs> you know they have nothing else that's awesome. But I do want to ask you also, how cool is it growing up in New York City? I mean, do you feel like you have to grow up faster and, you know, such as like going to bars, clubs and, and stuff like that? Yeah, I feel like 
it's funny. All like by eighth grade, all my friends were doing coke. And what? Oh yeah, like you, you said that like so like, casually. <laughs> so my like friends that. like had already lost their virginities. I had a friend who got like eaten out in the back of a taxi cab in eighth grade. Shut wow. up. It was like, <laughs> eighth grade, like fourteen. I don't know how old you are in eighth grade. Um, but everyone was so fast. Like I had a few friends in rehab by freshman wow. year. So it was like crazy, but I feel like it had a lot to do with who your parents were. Right. And like a lot of, a lot of my friends' parents were like absentee parents or, you know, not like, Oh, just do whatever you want. Like have fun. And I think it was like those people that ended up kind of in, in rehab early or doing things that they shouldn't be doing. My parents were always like the typical Jewish, like controlling parents who like, you know, were really overprotective. So I ended up as a result being kind of like the good girl in the group. And um, like I always had a boyfriend and I like didn't lose my virginity until we were like dating and said, I love you and blah, blah, blah. And so like for that reason, I was able to see everyone growing up so fast, but still kind of like maintain my innocence in a way. You know, having said that, I still like experimented with everything except for Coke. Coke, I didn't want to try for a while and until college. And then I was like, fuck it, I'll try it. And then I hate it. And that's it's appropriate, though, at least not eighth grade. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I could definitely relate to that in the sense like my parents are so like Jewish and like overprotected. And like I had to, I left home when I was 15 years old to like pursue hockey because I'm from Florida and there's no good hockey down here. Um, so like I was playing on hockey teams with kids who were four years older than me, um, you know, three, four years older than me. Right. And like, I had to grow up real fast. So I'm going to like, um, the hockey house and these parties where they're, they're drinking and they're doing like all this other shit. And I'm just like, well, fuck, here we go. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. No, exactly. But I think there, it, it was kind of a blessing to have had those experiences because I know so many people who came from smaller towns or more sheltered areas. And then when they got to college, like they're like, going to the hospital to get their stomach pumped. And I was like, no, I don't need to do that. <laughs> I've had all of the experiences already, yeah. you know? And I feel like friends of mine who live this like sheltered life, it's like now they're obsessed with Coke. And it's like, mm, uh, I was over that in eighth grade, you know? So I, I do want to ask you actually that you talk about that. What was your first like party like, like in middle school? I mean, I, like in an apartment, I imagine like it had to have been. I mean, my first middle school party was like a sixth grade pool party and I maybe hugged a girl. But like your your middle school party. <laughs> I picture like gossip girl. Yeah, your middle. Yeah, it's um, insane. It's we we definitely had some gossip girl moments, but the parties, it was always the people whose parents like, you know, as I mentioned before, didn't give a fuck. And so there was this one guy, JT, um, who is actually dating one of my best friends now, but he was like the guy who threw parties when we were in middle school and high school. He had a big townhouse in the city and his parents would be like asleep on the top floor and we'd all be like raging on the other floors and like they wouldn't know. <laughs> and awesome. and those were fun. Like we, you know, the same shit, like drinking, you know, there was like a Coke bathroom. There was <laughs> um, that's not, that's not the same shit at all. That was not my experience. <laughs> oh, really? Um, no. There wasn't, it's, but there wasn't a lot of beer pong. Like there wasn't a lot of that like fun suburban shit you know it wasn't mm -hmm. like we didn't go to the diner and like go in the parking lot and like blast music out of our yeah. truck we were just all together like in these apartments or townhouses and insecure and trying to fit in and trying to be cool and i i remember like i i never liked to drink back then so i would just have like a, a drink in my hand but it would be like water in like a solo cup and no one would know <laughs> that's awesome so, Lindsay, I want to take it back a little bit. Talked about your parents being very protective and Jewish, of course. So were you really religious growing up? And 
Um, do you feel pressure to marry somebody Jewish? I mean, my girlfriend's Catholic. She's not like extremely religious. Um, and she already considers herself Jewish because we've been dating for eight years dealing with my family. So how do you feel on that? She's culturally Jewish now. Exactly. Um, I, so my parents were never, we were never religious. We were always, we always considered ourselves reform. We went to temple a little bit growing up, pretty much like just until my bar mitzvah. And, you know, we would have, we would have continued going to temple, but we had like an awkward situation with the rabbi at the temple we were going to. Like he didn't come to my grandma's funeral and like, you know, how we held a grudge against him after that. Um, you know, we're really reformed. Like we don't do Shabbat. We don't really go to temple, but we use our Judaism as like a way to gather as a family every time there's a Jewish holiday and, you know, and this and like, you know, talking Yiddish because like that's the most fun thing. <laughs> I've dated like strictly non-Jews, which is funny until my boyfriend now who is Jewish. It, it wasn't something that ever mattered to me. And I, I don't think it matters now. Like it still doesn't matter. But I will say it makes it a lot easier to to date a Jew just because like there are things that he understands that I don't have to explain to him. Yeah. Like we're going to talk to my parents every day on the phone. Like we're going to FaceTime them or like <laughs> my mom's going to know everything about this. We're going to gossip about like our family friends for like an hour, just like little things that it's easier to not have to explain to a partner because the same thing happens in their family. So just like commonalities make it, make it easier. But that's really it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, fu- it's, it's funny you say that we have an episode dropping in a couple of weeks with Nate Thompson, who's an NHL player. Um, and he was actually, he grew up Catholic, I believe, right guys? And then he, yeah. his wife was Jewish. So I guess like going to all their Passover dinners and just like hanging out with his family and stuff like that, he was like, you know what? I might as well convert. So we had him on recently and he talked about how that transition was and stuff like that. So it's just funny to hear everyone's stories. That's so cute. I love that. I mean, I've always thought like, and this is another thing. It's like, I'm a woman and I'm Jewish. So technically my chap, my children will be Jewish. So I always imagine yeah. like for, for a man whose parents really want them to be with a Jew and carry that on, it's much harder because technically, you know, your kids aren't going to be Jewish if, if your chosen partner isn't. So like, I've, I've always thought like, oh, I'm lucky in that way. There must be more pressure for guys. Yeah. So by hearing your crazy childhood, I always tell people on here that my my bar mitzvah was hands down the craziest out of every single person. I don't care what anybody says. So I got to assume your bar mitzvah had to be pretty wild. Tell us what your theme was and tell us a little bit about it. It's so funny. We're looking at pictures here. Like there are pictures all over right now because I'm at my parents um, from my bar mitzvah. We just had the album out. We didn't have a theme, which is so weird. What? there was, there was a lot of poker tables, so we maybe the theme was poker, but there wasn't, like, one theme. I think the theme was, like, me. Like, Lindsay was the theme. Mm-hmm. Um, were you a gambler as a 13-year-old? Is that why apparently, they were? <laughs> apparently, I did some online gambling. Um, <laughs> but it was really funny because I actually had mono. Like, mono was going around during the time mm-hmm. of my bat mitzvah. Like, typically, of course, everyone's making out nature. <laughs> and so I had mono, so I was on steroids, which like oh, they, they give you if you if you have something like mono for your for your glands and so i was like on one and i remember i like <laughs> grabbed the mic and i was like everyone shut the fuck up like this is my <laughs> and the video is really funny i'm just like who is this person oh the montage videos are the best i can't even watch mine without cringing it's so funny do you guys remember who you picked first for snowball i was talking about this with my boyfriend the other day What's snowball? 
You don't know what snowball is? Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. What's snowball? It's like, oh, is that like the slow dance part? The slow dance part? Yeah, the slow dance. You pick someone and then they pick someone and then they pick someone. My mom. My mom. Yeah, my my mom. mom. Yeah. That's really cute. What are we supposed to do? (laughs) We'd be be assholes if we did. I chose a boy I had a crush on. No way. Okay, I, mean, I guess it's different yeah. for some for girls about bar mitzvahs. They're like, oh my god, pick Jeremy, get Jeremy. Yeah, 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 fully. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, what made a girl from New York City decide to go to BU, and what was your job hunt like after you graduated? It's funny. It gets harder and harder every year. So, I'm so lucky. I guess I went when I went. I initially wanted to go to Cornell, where my dad went. And I had applied, and I actually got in for sophomore transfer, like guaranteed transfer thing. I got the same thing. Yeah, so I would have to go to any anywhere I wanted for a year, and then I would go to Cornell. But I got to BU, and it was, like, just the best. Like, everyone there was so relatable, and it was, like, such a good group of people. And then I went to go visit Cornell because one of my best friends was there. And I was like, this sucks. Like, it's so depressing <laughs> here. And, like, you can't even get around. It takes, like, 40 minutes to get a cab to go anywhere. Like, I kind of like being in this city. And, you know, in Boston, there's, like, a million other schools. So it was really a college city. Like, colleges ran the place. And I I just loved it. So I ended up majoring in film and television and the communication school there and staying there. And then when I graduated, um, you know, jobs are always going to be the same. It's always based on who you know and who knows who. And, um I just kept like asking around if anyone had any production assistant jobs because I wanted to be in film and television. And I finally found, you know, a friend of a friend who knew someone at Discovery Channel and I got my first job there. And then I decided I never wanted to be in film and television. Well, in Mm -hmm. film. No, I was just, I was just going to say, I I feel like once you, once you visit Cornell in the winter, you realize you don't want to go there. Exactly. Exactly. Where did you go before you were supposed to go to Cornell? Pretty much the same story as you. I got the guaranteed transfer. It was actually after a year. So it was a year. I had to go somewhere for a year, maintain a 3.0 GPA, and then I'd be able to go to Cornell. But I went to Lehigh and just loved it. Kind of the same, pretty much the same reason as you. It was just for me. Smaller school. It was more uh, like for like fraternity like. It was. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I just felt like I belong there. So yeah, I stayed there yeah, for, for four years. And Lindsay, I was going to say, I went to UMass my freshman and sophomore year. And I, I think, I mean, like Boston obviously is somewhat relatable to New York City. Um, you obviously mentioned there's a lot of colleges within a small radius, but I don't think you could have picked a better city to go to college. And I mean, Boston University is so much fun. I fucking love the baseball tavern. I'm sure you've been there a couple of times. Yeah, I love Boston. Like, I still, mm-hmm. I went a few times after graduation, and, like, I would go now, and I would enjoy it. It's it's a great city. It's obviously, it's not New York, but mm-hmm. it's, like, a hard, a hard second. Yeah, it's awesome. I is, love it there. Is Mike's Pastry still there? Yup. And oh I went God. to, I went there for, why was I in Boston last time? Oh, I went there for a show. I did a live show for We Met at Acme at City Winery in Boston. And I went up like a couple hours early just so I could go to the North End to go to Mike's Pastry. And I ate like 10 cannolis and it was the best experience of my life. Yeah. I used to go there for like tournaments all the time. And it was like immediate stop at Mike's Pastry's lines like down the street. But it's like, fuck me. I need to get a cannoli. It was the best. Also, you guys, since you're like hockey people, um, Boston University had like the best hockey team. Yeah. Who was, who was, was the there in your time? They got a great program. They got a great um, program. How long ago did you go there? 
I I was uh, 2008 to 2012. There was a guy. Oh, Colby, Colby Cullen. You know Colby thing. Cullen? Yeah, yeah, Colby. We interviewed Colby Cullen. Yeah. Um, was, was Adam something who was the goalie? But I'm sure you went to a couple of Beanpot games, no? Uh, yes, I went to a few games. I actually had a, a hockey player try to date me. His name his name was Justin Courtnall. I've heard I've heard of that name actually. That sounds really the last name. The last name does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was really cute, but. All the girls who dated the hockey players, we called them puck sluts. Yep, that's a common yep. common phrase. Um, <laughs> and I, I didn't want to be a puck slut. So Good for I, you. you. You made the right choice, probably. <laughs> I agree. Oh, God. So, Lindsay, we know you're extremely into astrology. I'm a Scorpio myself. Uh, my girlfriend is obsessed with zodiac signs. I used to wake up in the morning. That, not, not so as much lately, but I used to wake up in the morning and be like, Oh my God, babe! Look at our Scorpio signs together. This is so us. Like this matches us to a T. Scorpio too? No, she's a Virgo. She's a Virgo. Oh. So tell us what tell us what your Scorpio sign is. Maybe tell maybe to find out what Laz and Max's are, and uh, just tell us why you love talking about them. Well, I so I'm a Libra. I don't know how much that means to you, um, but <laughs> I I just like I learned a lot about it when I was in college, and I was like you know smoking a lot of weed and got very spiritual and. Um, <laughs> my friend gave me this book and it said everything that I had to know about pod, uh, about horoscopes and, you know, zodiac signs, astrology. And so I, I read it and I, I was never like super religious, as I said, but this became like something that I could believe in and I thought was really interesting and I could use as a way to like get to know people better. So I would never read like my daily horoscope, not that there's anything wrong with that, <laughs> but instead like I use it to know the personality traits of people. So, you know, like Scorpios are really intense and like they love intensely and they hate intensely. Right. And Virgos, like your girlfriend, Justin, like are very perfectionist and they like everything to be a certain way. And they're they get caught in the like minutia and the details. That's um, spot on. And like just like just that is like a really nice way to understand someone. And now, obviously, I'm curious about Max and Johnny's signs. I feel like I should guess. Yeah, try and guess first. Go for it. Yeah, go for it. Well, I have. Before I do that, I have to ask both of you: What is the weather like in New York at the time of your birthday? Um, like, I mean, this is gonna give it away, but like right around now. I mean, like it's sunny, but it's like it's sunny, but it's not warm. I guess sunny, but not warm. Okay. Early spring. Getting getting warm. Nice weather. uh, (laughs) Shorts. T-shirt. Okay, I'm feeling like Johnny. I'm feeling like I mean, you did give it away. Maybe I gave it away. Yeah, I fully gave it away. A what? When's your birthday? You're a Taurus or an Aries? I think Aries. My birthday's March 22nd. Oh yeah, you're an Aries. You're an Aries. Mm-hmm. And Max, you are Gemini. Um, May 1st. Oh, okay, you're a Taurus. Okay. All right, so we were close. Okay. So what are those? What are those? What are those entail? Well, Max, you and Justin are actually opposite signs. So your opposites, like what you you have, what the other lacks, which is really (laughs) a brain. (laughs) (laughs) And Johnny, you um, you're very headstrong. You're like you don't overthink. You kind of just act. And um, (laughs) been told that before. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Aries is actually my opposite sign. So if if you're looking at the zoom the way I'm looking at it, we have opposites here and opposites here. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool, actually. That's but, very um, cool. 
so my, my girlfriend is obsessed with you. She loves your podcast, and she showed it to me, obviously. But she's begging me to ask you, I'm assuming she's Aries also, how two compatible Aries are. Or Wait, how. When is her exact birthday? April 1st. So we're like right, we're so close to each other. Yeah, you're really close. Um, two Aries can really be hit or miss. It's, um, I have two sets of couples that are married that I know who are four Aries, all of them. So it can definitely work. I mean, you're both extremely fiery. So it, it's possible that you guys will butt heads at, mm-hmm. at some points, but you know, depending on, I would say that female Aries are a little, actually, no, I, I would say that male Aries are a little bit more chill than female Aries. Um, Thank God you said that. Oh, so, that's, that's huge. Yeah, so, so I would like, I would like let her kind of, you know, set the pace there. I think it can definitely work. I, I don't know what the rest of your chart is and, and you'd have to know the time of your birth to find out. I'm sure your girlfriend knows all of this. She, she might have CoStar, which is an amazing app. And so if you do have that, you can kind of like compare and contrast your two signs and all the planets and all the the rest of it, which is which is interesting. Well, I'm, I'm sure after she hears this, it's going to be a three hour conversation. So thank you for that. It should be. It should be. <laughs> I think we should start getting uh, everybody's zodiac signs or guests come on so we can figure well, out we their personalities before we, we talk can't, to them. <laughs> we can't steal Lindsay's gig, dude. That's her thing. We can't steal. You that. can no, do it. No, you can it's do a, it. It's crazy though how accurate like some of the, like some of the shit is like it but, really is. But I'll only let you do that if you let me steal the bar mitzvah thing. Wow. <laughs> we should we just collab. <laughs> no, I I don't only have Jewish guests that come on. So I, know, I, know. I can't do that. It sounds good though. We met at the locker room. That's got a good combination to it. Not bad. <laughs> uh, Many of you guys actually know how to make latkes. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I make a bomb latke. I feel like I can learn. <laughs> what were you gonna say, Max? I said I, I feel like I could. It's it's feel like it's just like frying a potato. Uh, it's more skill. More skill goes involved. You gotta you gotta get the right, into it. You gotta get the right texture. Get the onion involved. Yeah. You gotta Ooh, use you, matzo meal too. You gotta use matzo meal. Lindsay, are you sour cream or applesauce? You might be shocked when I tell you the answer to this one. Ketchup. Please say ketchup. Neither, and not even ketchup. Just plain. Nothing. So just plain. I make a latka. It's so good. I don't need one topping. Okay. Well, you have to send us some in the mail or something. We gotta try that. I will. I don't know if they'll travel well, but yeah, that was a dumb, dumb comment by me. <laughs> also, whenever I make lodkas, I smell like lodkas for like three months. We'll start doing what um, what Dave Portnoy does. We'll have people like vacuum seal uh, potato lodkas and like deli food, and they'll send it to us, and we'll try it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we'll get sick and we'll die. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, what what was the inspiration behind starting your dating podcast? Uh, we met at Acme. Yeah, so I was always the person out of my group of friends that people went to for dating advice and, you know, how to seem like chill or how to be witty on texts and things like that. And all of a sudden I found that I was dumped like out of nowhere. And I was like, this is so weird. Like I usually have it in the bag. Like, what is this? And so I realized that there was a lot more I needed to learn when it came to dating. And so I decided to invite a friend over and have like a very open conversation about dating and record it. And it just, it turned into We Met at Acme. And I just really liked the name. And I really liked what I was starting to learn about dating and everyone's dating lives. And I, I kind of got obsessed with it and I couldn't stop making new episodes. And, and since then, I feel like I've learned so much about people's dating lives because I have a different guest talking about their dating life like every week, which is awesome. 
So how long do you think it took for your podcast to really take off? And when do you think, like, what's the, was the moment you're like, okay, I think I got something here. I would say like a few months in when we got our first advertisements, I was like, oh, this is cool. Like people are paying to like for me to say something to my, you know, couple thousand people who are listening. Like I, I definitely thought that that was really cool. And I, people started like talking about it a little bit, like friends that I knew, but was not, was not close with started reaching out like, Hey, I listened to your last episode. And I was like, you did what? Um, (laughs) I, it's like, I didn't imagine people actually listening to something that I was like talking to a microphone in my room, you know? Yeah. Very humbling. I was, I was looking through uh, your podcast and episodes that, uh, you released and I noticed that you had a very diverse and interesting and interesting guest on your podcast. Can you pick a favorite guest and has there been a guest where you were absolutely mind blown? I wouldn't say mind blown, but one of my favorite guests was porn star Asa Akira. She was just incredibly open and like we, we talked about anal the whole time, which was something I really didn't expect. Other than her, I've, I would say the guest that I probably learned the most from was a sexologist named Shan Boudram who came on and she was just really interesting in that she taught me a lot about sex that I never knew before you know and then there were just like dream guests like we had Jerry Ferrara on who's incredible like so that was just like a moment where I was like okay wow like I can't believe this is happening so so experiences like that have been really cool too so you did mention that you learned a lot about sex. I want to give you kind of a scenario here. If there's like one of your one of your friends is a very pretty girl, like very known to be very pretty, and she hooks up with a guy who's kind of like average looking, but normal girls or not normal girls, but girls wouldn't normally find this man attractive. Would you be more inclined to hook up with this guy now that the really pretty friend hooked up with him? For because sure. I've noticed that girls like care more about what other girls think than what guys think. It's true. And it's, it's terrible because sometimes when I'm dating someone, like if I know it's not going to work with them, I won't want to break up with them because I know that like I made them hotter and like Uh there's going to be a million girls that are waiting to date them and it kills me. And it's like, no matter who (laughs) you are, like no matter how you feel about yourself, just you dating someone makes them more appealing. That's why when you have a wedding ring on, and you're at a bar, like you get hit on so much as a guy because like a girl's like, well, someone wanted to marry him. He must be doing something right. And again, mm-hmm. it always goes back to like comparing like how you feel as a girl and like how other girls see them. So you're saying that you hit on married guys at bars is what I got from that? Yeah, like every Friday. It's a <laughs> spot. I wait for a married guy to come. <laughs> What's your usual Friday night spot? Um, Acme, obviously. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Have you ever been to Acme in Nashville? No, but I have friends who went to Vanderbilt and they're always like, is your podcast about the grocery store? And I'm like, no. <laughs> um, wait, but who's your dream guest? Just curious. We, I think we all have different ones. Yeah, go ahead. So, you guys can say them. I mean, mine's, mine's no little Dickie. Is. <laughs> mine's little, mine's little Dicky. I love little Dicky. That's so funny. I was just listening to um, his song with Chris Brown. Amazing. Yeah, he's he's my favorite. I guess um, mine would be like Adam Sandler. I wish like Mac Miller was still alive. He would be a great guest to be on the podcast. I was just going to say Adam Sandler, like even yeah. though I'm not a host of your podcast, but <laughs> I'd, I'd probably go with Larry David. Mm. Yeah. I'd go Larry David. Yeah. 
That's a good one. Oh, that's a good one. I was gonna say. Little Dicky will be in that in that uh that level someday, I believe. My friend dated him, and so I tried to pursue him for my podcast, and he totally ghosted. No way. Mm-hmm. What? what a dick. Well, now I hate him. Just in the Jewish podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now I hate him. If you ever get him, you gotta send him right over to us. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> but Lindsay, what are some of your dating rules? I know you have a bunch. Dating rules, um, you know, they, they're mostly for women, uh, but they can apply to guys too. I say don't have more than two drinks on a first date. Definitely not. For girls, I say don't send like a thank you follow up text after a date. Assuming that you went on the date and the guy paid and you thanked him on the date, I don't see a reason to then send a text the next day. Like, thank you again. Like, drinks were so good. Um, (laughs) You don't don't owe them anything. Like, pass. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And you want to see if they would be interested in you enough to text you. And so that's a big one of mine. And I also don't think sex on a first date is the move unless you don't want to date them, in which case... Have sex on the first date. Who cares? But if you want something more serious, I would wait. I think that's pretty much all my rules. So on top of that, I do want to ask, I guess you're in a relationship now, but when you were single and say a guy drunk texted you at 4 a.m. and you obviously didn't see it because you were sleeping, do you respond to that the next day or no? And would you find it weird? Like, this has happened to me. I've drunk texted a girl at 4 a.m., but I would text them the next morning and I'd be like, ha ha, sorry, like, you know, whatever. But how would you, would you like it better if a guy replied the next morning or just left it alone? Well, I would reply the next morning and be like, big night, you know, <laughs> I would, yeah. I would address it. If, if the girl doesn't address something like that, then you have to be like, you know, wear it, right? Yeah. You, you, you got to own it and say something funny, like crazy. Mm-hmm. My friend keeps taking my phone up for it yeah. and like sending the same message to multiple girls. Like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I would just, I would just own it. I'd be like, why didn't you come? <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah. So do you think it's easier for a girl to get laid or a guy to get laid? A girl, obviously. Okay. I've had that argument multiple times. A girl times, can but... have sex like 10,000 times a day if she wanted to. Mm-hmm. Totally Even agree. Guys, like coming in and out of her house. Totally agree. <laughs> so I feel like that leads right into we had someone send in a question. His name is Luke Rizzo from Port Washington, New York. Uh, his question is, so I've been on a dry spell And with this quarantine going on, it hasn't helped. I've been DMing girls on social media and have been very active on all dating apps, and it hasn't been working. What advice can you give me to help me out? Mm. I would say don't have the goal in your mind to be meeting up with someone right now because girls can see right through that, and they won't think that you're taking quarantine seriously, and they'll think that you smell of desperation. I think what's best is to like actually genuinely try to make a connection with someone. So, you know, I don't know what his moves have been on the dating apps, but I would say to switch it up and, and try to like be a little more lighthearted and funny on the apps as opposed to like, Hey, what are you doing? You want to meet up? Like, you know, try to like actually get to get to like the deep part of the conversation. There is this one account on Instagram it's called we're not really strangers and they suggest all these questions that you can ask people right now that like really kind of cut the bullshit and get deep and i think i think girls really appreciate those kinds of questions rather than like how's your quarantine been it's like yeah i've heard that and like i'm kind of over it so i think just taking a new approach (laughs) from a fresh perspective and being funny like that always works humor always like is attractive 
Yeah, it's like uh, from Curb when they say Happy New Year, like two weeks after. Yeah, and he gets a He's like, you can't say Happy New Year anymore. It's over. <laughs> I want to ask if you've ever seen the movie Hitch, and would you consider yourself the real-life version of Alex Hitch? I love that movie. In fact, I actually call my sister. Her name is Allie, and I call her Albert Brenneman. Um, oh, that's great. I love it. I, I wouldn't consider myself the real life hitch i would if well okay maybe hitch meets carrie bradshaw if i had to choose i don't know who carrie bradshaw is oh my gosh are you kidding me come on is that you have to know. watch sex in the city if you want to understand women i know Ridiculous. jessica sarah parker or whatever her name is, is, right? is Sarah jessica sarah. <laughs> <laughs> my bad my bad my girlfriend still got some stuff to teach me yeah, clearly, clearly. <laughs> but um, what what is Lindsay's Lunchbox? Can you kind of tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, Lindsay's Lunchbox is a full-service social media company. So I work with primarily food brands, and I, I curate their social media profiles. And that's just something that I was doing before I had the podcast, and I still do on the side to, to you know, subsidize. Or what's the word? You know where I'm going to make more money. Um, uh, promote? Then, Sure, sure. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's it's really fun. I, I work with brands and I create content for them and I post it on social. Right now, I'm only really working with charities because I'm trying to dedicate more of my time to the podcast. Mm-hmm. But um, it's it's been really cool. On top of that, I also know that you used to do social media for Bounce, which is one of the most fun places I've been to in the city, especially on a Saturday afternoon during football yeah. season. But I got to ask you, if you were... 21 to 24 right now, what would you say is the most popular place to go in the city? I actually think that Bounce is a good place to go. I think it's cool to go to sports bars because, like, then you usually meet a girl who likes sports. And just to go to, like, places where like-minded people are. I would say at 24, it's so hard because the hotspots change, like, every – like, I remember for me at 24, we used to go to Finale all the time, which Mm. is now – non like i've never even heard of that yeah exactly um i mean acme is always a good place to go i'm not mm-hmm. just saying that i i haven't been so i i've heard yeah. i've heard it's amazing but i haven't been yet yeah no you have to go um i think like it's i'm i'm like getting so old i know there's a few spots maybe like socialista is one but like any of the bars in the east village are really good um there's a bar called sophie's there's a bar called august laura um any any of those bars, like the Ainsworth even, like any of those places are good. Um, there's another one in the East Village. I'm blanking on the name. But Common, like, Common Ground is like the popular one. Common for, Ground is a good one. I mean, they're they're all they're all good. Mm-hmm. How how have you been going about like reaching out to people when you're trying to get them on your podcast? I guess more in like the beginning, and I guess now. I have like a pitch that I send via email or DM. And so that's been edited a bit throughout the years, but it's usually what I use or I will reach out to friends of friends. So I'll be like, hey, you know, your friend, John, like, I think he's great. Do you think he'd come on the podcast? And so that's always like, you know, the same thing with getting a job. It's like you use that connection and then they're more likely to do it. Do you think that maybe like recording yourself saying it rather than just sending out an email to change it up would be like different? Not many people are recording themselves and sending videos. I actually thought about this the other night. Yeah, I think that's I think that's creative and interesting. 
I, my only concern is that like people like go through email so quickly. Like if I saw a video, I'd be like, Oh yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Like I'd be like, just write it in like a two sentence and then like, and I'll you just shot down your idea for us, Maxie. <laughs> but if you're, but you never know. You could do both. You can do the two sentence and then be like, if if you have time, watch this video of me begging you to come on. Watch. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Then they'd be like, yeah, these guys are these guys are pushing too much. Fuck <laughs> these guys. So Lindsay, we we do something on this podcast. We call it the Matzo Ball Minute Questions. I'm gonna ask you a couple rapid fire questions. Please elaborate on them if you'd like. Start you off with maybe a difficult one, but potato latkes or matzo ball soup? Matzo ball soup. It's a classic. Oh, okay. And you don't um, get the doll. Yeah, true, true. Um, diner or deli? And maybe name some of your favorite ones. Diner, for sure. There's a diner out in the Hamptons that I love called Candy Kitchen in Bridgehampton. Mm-hmm. It's like a classic diner. Okay. Um, I also love... Eisen, I, Eisenberg's or Eisenstein's? Uh, Einstein's? Eins, no, it's it's, not, it's on 23rd and 5th. Is that like the no, cookie? I don't fucking know. It's a sandwich place. It's a sandwich diner place. I'm from Florida. I may botch this next one, but JG Mellon or Bar Pity? Oof, they're so different. One's a burger and one's pasta. So it's just burger or pasta, I, I guess, would be the question. Yeah. JG Mellon. JG Mellon. So mm-hmm. steak or seafood? Once upon a time, I would have said steak, but I like seafood now. Okay. Um, in your experience, would you rather date an introvert or an extrovert? Extrovert, 100%. Love I'm it. done with introverts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, books or movies? Oof, I love them both so much. Um, probably books. Books, okay. Last one before I let my buddy Laz hop in for the, for the last question. Text first or wait for the guy to text first? Wait for the guy, obviously. Of course, that's a, yeah, basic, of course. Would you rather be quarantined with eight girls for 50 days or 50 girls for eight days? Ooh. Eight girls for 50 days. Really? <laughs> yeah. I said I said the opposite. <laughs> 50 days is a long fucking time. Yeah, but how big is the fucking house, buddy? 50 girls? Jesus. I don't know, like a sorority house or 50 something. 50 girls is just like it's so not personal, you know? Mm-hmm. Like at least yeah. with eight girls in 50 days, you get to know everyone and like you – build these like connections that are interesting yeah but you gain more instagram followers with the 50 girls it's basically <laughs> like asking if you'd rather be on the bachelor in the last <sighs> last like see in the last week or the bachelor from the beginning to your point before we get an analogy uh we're big bachelor guys on here what do you think of the new bachelor show listen to your heart i cannot stand it i've never seen it oh you haven't it's good good don't Regional watch it please don't. it's so cringeworthy it's okay. ridiculous i won't watch it what do you think of the dating shows that have come out? I think there was one on Netflix where they like go into the, 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 the pod. I forgot what it's called. Did you watch it? Oh, Love is Blind. Yeah, Love is Blind. I love you think that. Of? It was one of the craziest like reality dating shows I've ever watched in my entire life. I was hooked. It was so good and so ridiculous. Yeah, like let's glad. just get let's just get married behind the behind the wall and then go on vacation and see uh, if this works. I hated it. So we, we really are opposites, Lindsay. <laughs> I actually have uh, have a question. So. In Entourage, there's a scene where Vinny Chase runs into a woman that's married and she's like, oh, you're on my list. Like, I'm allowed to, like, hook up with you. Do you think that's something that's healthy in a relationship to have, like, both people can write down three absolute celebrities that are, like, far reaches that if they run into and have the opportunity to hook up with, then it's okay? 
No, I think that's not. <laughs> no. All right, we'll cut that out. I mean, Shot I mean, I mean, no, no, I mean, you don't have I to mean, cut it out. No, no. My girlfriend, my girlfriend always says, always says like, oh, I'm gonna fuck Drake. I'm like, yeah, like good luck. <laughs> I mean, I just think like, is it worth it? You know, like there was an episode of This Is Us where a character who's played by Sophia Bush had love her. I love her. Love her. She had one of the main guys as her, like, hall pass. And so she went and made out with him, and she went back to her husband. And it's like, is that worth it? Like, these celebrities won't take you seriously, especially if you're married. So, like, what are you trying to do? Right. I was also going to say, there's a really good scene in Friends with, uh, like, listing, where, like, Ross laminates his list, but... Oh, that is so. That, yeah, that, that part's funny. Cool. And then he and then he sees the woman in, in the coffee shop. He's like, "Yeah, yeah I laminate. You're on my list. I laminate you." Then like she like, shuts it down. But uh, that's right, hilarious. So. so Lindsay, we always end our show by asking our guests the same question. It's a little deeper, so our listeners can get to know you on a more personable level. If you could talk to the 15 year old Lindsay Metzler, what kind of advice would you give to her? And knowing you now, the 15 year old Lindsay Metzler was at fucking apartment parties in middle school. So God <laughs> knows, God knows what advice you would give to her. Ooh, I actually, I just answered a similar question on, on my podcast Instagram recently, but it was to my 23 year old self. I would say, um, you know, in terms of relationship advice, if you're confused, they're not into you. So move on. In terms of career advice, I would say, you know, keep working and, um, eventually you'll be able to do something that you're, you're really passionate about, but like keep working really hard. Otherwise you won't. I would say in terms of just like general advice, like get everything out of your system like soon because you're going to get older and you won't be able to treat your body the way that you've been treating it and to, you know, go out and do the crazy shit that you do and, you know, go to Lollapalooza and roll for four days (laughs) and um, just do, do everything that you're doing. Like, get it out you'll be fine and you know by the time you're 30 hopefully you'll you'll have your shit together so don't worry keep your head up it seems like with your friend group everybody got their stuff out of their system by the age 16 yeah. so not us. everybody but most people <laughs> now you're now you're gonna have a bunch of 15 year old 15 year old girls going to Lollapalooza and getting fucking wasted oh, no. <laughs> be careful be careful the good thing is i don't think our audience is uh 15 year old girls so i think we're yeah. i think we're okay <laughs> You never but uh, thank, thank you so much. This was, this was awesome. Okay. I feel like we, I feel like we've known each other for was. years. I know, me too. I can't wait to see this, hear it, promote it, all of that good stuff. We'll keep you posted about that stuff. But cool. thank you so, Thanks much. so much. Thanks, guys. Have a good quarantine. Of course. You, you too. too. Stay you safe. Too. Good luck Stay with safe. your new boyfriend. Thank you. Louisville Autoplex is a proud sponsor of The Locker Room. We carry all makes and models of trucks, and if we don't have what you want in our inventory, we'll find it for you. We sell and ship our trucks all around the world. Check us out, louisvilleautoplex.com, and ask for Jeff Bob, the biggest hockey dad out there. Shalom. Another great interview for you guys. We want to thank Lindsay so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, Such a unique interview. We really haven't had anybody like Lindsay on. 
talk about dating, especially during the quarantine. She had some absolute great stories and some good information for us, and we hope you guys enjoyed it. Laz, what do you think? Um, I thought the beginning was like so fucked up with all the stories about her in her middle school days. Mm-hmm. I mean, she talked about eighth graders doing coke and one girl getting eaten out in the back of a cab. Like that was that was kind of ridiculous. I mean, like my eighth grade experience was sitting on the couch holding hands with like my fucking middle school girlfriend, not doing blow and like banging girls. Like that was insane. <laughs> but uh, Max, what do you think? I mean, yeah, just to piggyback on that, also her. Uh, her bat mitzvah's theme was basically gambling. So yeah, uh, it's crazy. <laughs> but it was just funny. It was, it was like having someone who also has another podcast. Like she has her own podcast, and like she's so well spoken, and mm-hmm. she was so spot on with the zodiac signs in the sense of when she guessed mine and yours, Laz. I mean, I kind of gave mine away, but <laughs> right. But like, it's also when she, like, she knows it and she was just saying like, oh, this is what you are. And we're all thinking like, yeah, that's mm-hmm. spot on. Yeah. I mean, I thought her opinions were like really spot on. Like I've listened to her podcast a bunch and it's, it's cool to hear her perspective from an interviewee standpoint, as opposed to an interview, interviewer standpoint. I think, did I botch that? Was that right? No, you're good. You're no, good. good. Is that right? But, uh, also it was really cool just to hear her dating experiences. And her personal stories, as opposed to how she asked her guests on their on her podcast what their stories are. So yeah, I really enjoyed hearing that. Yeah, and also in the beginning, she was also asking us a lot of questions, so it almost felt like we were guests on her podcast, even yeah. even though it was vice versa. It, it was great. Also on her podcast, she has such a wide variety of people that she's brought on. She brought on one of the guys from Fire Festival, then a porn star. It just mm-hmm. like the, the wide. Gary Ferrara. Jerry, Jerry Ferrara, like, yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was pretty cool to hear. <laughs> I, uh, to piggyback off what you said about the horoscopes, Maxie, I thought that was so cool. I mean, I know you guys didn't know too much about horoscopes. I knew a little bit, but not, like, in depth. But I think it's crazy how she, like, understands her guests' zodiac signs prior to having them on. So she could be like, all right, this person's a little more timid. Maybe I got to open them up a little bit more. Or, all right, this person's going to be talking a lot, you know, stuff like that. It's a pretty good idea. I don't know about you guys, but like learning yeah. your yeah. learning the person you're interviewing prior to interviewing mm-hmm. them. I was gonna say, but also I don't know if you guys felt this way, but like after talking to her, I feel like we've known her like our entire. Life. I feel like oh, she's yeah. like in my in my girl like friend group. Like she just like literally fit in with us perfectly right from the get go. Yeah. And our guests our guests are definitely gonna be in for a little wide awakening here because just her interview, just like she not that she had no filter, but like. Um, it's just like a different, uh, I guess, genre, you could say, like the stuff she talked about. Like we haven't had, like yeah. you, you have hockey players on it that talk about like hockey stories or like athletes mm-hmm. talking about like crazy stories that happened during their time. But like she's talking about like, you know, sex stories, et cetera, stuff like that. It's just great. The Jewish mothers that listen to our podcast are going to talk to their daughters. What were you oh, doing in eighth grade? What the, <laughs> yeah, like, what the fuck? And hopefully Luke Rizzo takes her advice on what to do regarding talking to girls during this quarantine and is able to capitalize and use it. We are hoping no, that the locker room sure. can perform a mitzvah and get Luke Rizzo laid. We do. Hey, not, only, not, only, not, only, not only Luke Rizzo, she's putting Maxie on her priority list I'm, now. Yeah, so oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I, gotta, I think i got to reach out. Sure. <laughs> Don't don't be surprised in a week if you get like a DM be like, hey Max, I put your profile up or something like that. I found you a couple matches here. What do you think? It's gonna be like two girls that are like six foot two. It's okay. That's all right. That'd be great. That'd be great. Um, that about wraps up this interview, everyone. We want to thank Lindsay once again for coming on. Such a phenomenal interview. Such a phenomenal guest. Go follow her all of her social media accounts. She has an absolute shit ton of them. Um, on Instagram, don't expect salads. Her podcast, we met at Acme. 
um, Lindsay's Launchbox and her personal one, Linz Metz. That's L-I-N-D-Z-M-E-T-Z. Mazel tov, everyone. Shalom. Shalom.